the State College Football Podcast. Wait a second, guys. Whoever said you had to be good to play football? With Lions Digest Football beat writer, Nathan Grilla. This is incredible. They got the guards in the backfield. They got the center to the right. And, and the quarterback isn't even there. They're standing around, bud. And former freshman football assistant, Nicholas Hoshwalter. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. All right, here with me, I've got my boy Shane Cole. I'm in an interview right now. Can I get a statement about Ramsey going to IMG? Uh, he's going because of the buffet. All right, you heard it here first, guys. Ramsey's going because of the buffet. Hello and welcome to the 21st episode of the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosselter. And I'm Nathan Grella. And today we have a very special guest star, uh, someone that we haven't had on before, unfortunately, but now you can hear straight from the horse's mouth. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Addison Darcy. Would you like to introduce yourself? What's up, guys? You know him. You love him. It's the big man from Maine, and he is here to give us some hot takes. Uh, first of all, I think the first question everybody has on their mind is, um, why couldn't you get Addison Darcy's mom on the podcast? Because she's kind of a fan favorite. Um, you care to answer that? Um, <laughs> she's at work right now, but yeah, I I hear her on the field. <laughs> Solid excuse. Solid excuse. All right, so. Um, first, we're going to start off with some news, as per usual. And right now, of course, it's the first day of Mar- It's the first day of April. We're recording on April Fool's Day, and this is not a joke. We have the real Addison Darcy in studio. But uh, <laughs> um, big talk around state college football. Um, first of all, we'll get into Keaton Ellis. So, would you like to elaborate on his performance? All right. So, Twitter was kind of blowing up a couple weeks ago about Keaton Ellis picking off some poor QB at Penn State spring camp. Um, I'd never even heard of the QB, so I don't know how much merit that has, but it was a pretty nice catch. Um, And then that led into me thinking, well, is he one of the biggest names, I guess, that the program's really putting out there right now, especially in the freshman class? So, Yeah, and I think you elaborated on it a little bit before we started to record, talking about how they were putting out some promotional material and kind of pushing him as one of the faces of the program. And that's always nice to see a state college player getting some notoriety, especially someone who has such a great amount of potential as Keaton Ellis. Um, you know, we love to see him succeed. So you want to elaborate on that a little bit? I know you saw some of those details. Well, I mean, he was put out as the student athlete of the week the first week he was on campus. Yeah, so player of the week, getting some notoriety. You'll love to see it. Yeah, I mean, it... We came into this recruiting process thinking that Keaton Ellis was one of the lower-end guys on in the recruiting class because he only had offers from Buffalo and Syracuse beside Penn State, and we saw that, and we were like, oh, he's just a low three-star at Penn State. It's kind of like a mercy offer from James Franklin, but it turns out he turned out to be one of the studs in their class, um, yeah, a, a class filled with a lot of good running backs that Virginia Tech didn't get. And I think we certainly saw that potential, but he wasn't getting that notoriety around the country. 
I mean, no offense to Buffalo and Syracuse, those are fantastic football programs. But with a guy as talented as Ellis, you know, it's kind of difficult to accept him as a three-star. But we've certainly seen his stock rise, and that continues to be the case. And speaking of state college football players, Nathan has a little bit in here about Nate Stupar. Well, yeah, Nate Stupar just signed a new contract with the Giants. Um, I never really watched his tape or know how good he is. Maybe one of you two guys could, <laughs> like, uh, all I know is that he plays in the NFL, he, and he goes to State High, and he played for the Giants and the Saints a little bit. And he picked off, I think, someone <laughs> in some game. I was making a hype video once, and he had an interception against, like, Andrew Luck or something. But that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to see. I know he still comes back to stay high sometimes. Um, he still donates equipment. Have you ever gotten anything from Nate? No, I have not, but uh, he came to our uh, senior night, I think, and uh, he's a great atmosphere in the locker room, and yeah. Yeah, good to hear it. Stay high players, remembering them their roots. I actually met him for the first time at a state college basketball game. He was sitting right in front of me, and I didn't notice until, like, half an hour in. Then my dad started talking to him because him and Coach Arnold coached him in ninth grade, and then I was like, hey, wait a sec. I should, <laughs> I should be more inspired by this situation than I am right now. So, But he seems like a very nice guy, and uh, we're glad to be able to recognize him as one of our own. So. Well, wasn't it Shane Cole who came on here and said, like, the Nate Stupar was giving out like shoes and shirts and stuff, and they they, they got to him and they he didn't have stuff in his size or something like the shoes were too small. Yeah, I mean the shirts were too small, but it's like a Shane Cole, so like yeah, Nate, Nate Stupar is <laughs> he's a linebacker and he's not a huge linebacker at that, but um, yeah, so fun stuff. And now we're getting into the really hot water, the 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 thing you've come here to look at to to see. Um, Besides Darcy, of course. But the big news is Ramsey Kiflo headed to IMG. I know it kind of caught me by surprise. I don't know if it should have. Do you think it should have? I mean, Ramsey, we know he can he can lift and he's got a lot of strength and power, but he hasn't been, he took a couple visits like to Syracuse and stuff, but we haven't seen him getting a lot of offers from even D2 schools. So I think that kind of came as a, of a surprise that he could make that leap to the best high school in the country. Yeah, so. it's it's pretty cool to see. And especially, you know, he can get this experience here and then go out a senior year, hopefully gain some notoriety. I mean, IMG obviously has a much bigger national presence than State College does. Um, the best They're the best in the country. Yeah, exactly. You've got, you've got scouts there probably a every Friday night watching games. I mean, like, we, we got almost blown out, I'd say. Not blown out by Pine Richland that last game, but it was it wasn't close. <laughs> it got there at times, but it wasn't, like, they weren't really sweating out. Yeah. But, but IMG, like... Lit them up. It yeah. was over in the first yeah. quarter when they played them, so yeah. this is a huge step up. This is a borderline. Like, this team could beat Division three football teams. It's quite possible. I know, like, you can't really say that about college teams going up to the NFL. You know, I've never been a believer that, you know, the Browns could lose to Alabama or anything like that. But I think it's quite possible considering, I think last time we talked about them, like, their entire starting roster was being recruited D1 with offers. So that that's very possible. Uh, do you have any experience, um, 
like as a football player, what is what are your thoughts on IMG? Do you think it's a do you like it? Do you dislike it? Um, I like IMG, and I think it's a great football program. Um, as the season came to an end last year, um, I think they were looking for new recruits because they get the best kids in the country for seniors, and every year they just like re up and uh, yeah, they get the best kids. But um, they messaged a few kids from our school. I know that it wasn't just Ramsey, but um, yeah, I. I like IMG Academy. I think it's a great program, and I wish Ramsey the best of luck. He's he's a great player, and yeah, that's pretty amazing stuff. Um, that th- I think this is definitely new news for Nate. Did you know about that? That they were messaging some other kids from State High? Did you hear? No about idea. That? <laughs> I mean, I I'm can, not in the know. <laughs> I can understand why they some people might want to keep that little low, and we won't prod. Addison about who exactly that was, but um, that is interesting information. It's nice that we're being noticed. Um, kind of off topic, but I know we did play them in soccer. Actually, no, State High didn't play them. One of the private teams in State College played them in soccer and whooped them pretty good. So, when I mean, can... all their money goes into football. So yeah, like... exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and basketball. They're I... really good in basketball too. One of the kids in my physics class was on that was on the team that was messing them up so but the point is at least they know that we exist in some case um so i mean going back to episode two and now we're on episode 21 man that sounds crazy but um going back to episode two ramsey definitely when we asked him what college he preferred like if you go to any college he the one thing that he said was he wanted to play somewhere warm and now we can do that that. i remember (laughs) that yeah that's so funny. and and even if he doesn't get a ton of those offers like D three school between between Pennsylvania and Florida like it's just a matter of warmth I'd say and, and with IMG Academy you get to play all over the country too you get to play the best teams um, and they're really a great program yeah I think it just lets you get a little bit of a glimpse into the the extremely chaotic and fast-paced world of a higher-level football team in college. You know, I think in some ways that will help ease the transition just because you're used to having that kind of support system around you. Um, I know IMG spends a lot of money on, you know, nutritionists and facilities (laughs) and all that. So if he can kind of get used to that and become familiar with that now, that could possibly help him down the road. But um, If you got 20 minutes and you're bored, search up the... IMG Academy documentary by Bleacher Report on YouTube. You'll see you'll see into the program pretty well. Yeah. So, I'm gonna ask, um, I'm gonna ask Addison kind of a question that we didn't have scripted, but I think would be interesting to hear. Is there? Do you think there would be any benefit for Ramsey to staying in State College, or do you really think that it's a foolproof decision for him to go there so I am in full support of him and um, like I made a similar decision last year when I came to State College Um, but here in State College I think we have an amazing team like I mean IMG's amazing but I think we have a like great team and I think that we're good enough the next year make the ship and hopefully bring it home but um, besides that I think IMG's a great decision um, and yeah, I, I don't see any problems in it besides like family here and yeah. 
And I think both Nathan and I are in support of Ramsey, of course. I mean, it's hard not to be, as people that are vaguely friends with Ramsey, you know, you love to see him succeed. And this is certainly a measure of success, being picked up by a program like IMG. That is truly elite. Um, it's really cool to see. It really is. I mean, I think we've we've seen such an amazing development from state college football. I know when my dad played, like, back in the 80s, they were pretty pretty bad. I think they won, like, two games his senior year. And they came this close to beating Williamsport. Um, and Williamsport was amazing. But in any case. Back when Williamsport was actually good. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was back when my, my dad got run over by the current Cowboys running backs coach playing linebacker. But uh, fun times in yeah. any case. <laughs> and, and speaking of recruiting, actually, you can cut this out if it sounds erroneous. But um, just some sauce. We actually got a player from Gateway. Maybe. Possibly. And I don't know his full name. I'm deciding between two players. It's either a wide receiver or a linebacker. And he'll be a senior next year. Have you heard anything about this? I have not, except... Unless, I mean, unless, like, this is... There's a coach on the team, uh, Tree, and he... His, I think his nephew is from maybe New York. But I heard he's a senior, and he's coming up for his senior season. But besides that, I thought he was a running back. I might be wrong. but Let me try and pull him up, because I, I was talking to Isaiah Edwards, and he was giving me some details yeah, about actually, this. <laughs> I, won't, I won't specifically mention who, but um, I was... Well, weren't me in gym class when one of the coaches came up yeah, and was talking Yeah, ba- Bainey came up and told us yeah. we got a kid from Gateway. Yeah, we were, like, doing the very obnoxious gym class warm-ups <laughs> and that was the highlight of the whole thing so yeah that's pretty cool i mean it, it's an interesting situation like high school players transferring um i know a lot of old school guys probably don't support it but you know if you can do anything to better your situation you know maybe get on a better team that you work well better with get more notoriety you know that's that's a good thing it really is and it's it's kind of cool to see these players have more freedom. Um, I think honestly, across all levels of football, just players being able to choose more where they want to go has been a theme this entire year, uh, with you know the Antonio Brown and the Le'Veon Bell situation, and as we talked about somewhat, the new recruiting portal, transfer portal. Excuse yeah, me. and it, you're starting to see that more in high school too. Even with public schools, public schools are starting to get around it because. I know there's a lot of nasty things said in the score stream between fans, um, between Pine Richland and State College in that last game about Pine Richland possibly maybe recruiting some of those guys on the field. So I know it's starting to happen with public schools, and I, I think we're starting to slowly participate in that, which if you can get away with it, more power to you, but <laughs> like... It'll be interesting seeing how this plays out because obviously private schools can recruit and if the new merger or whatever it is that private schools have their own separate playoff system, if that happens, then it's going to – this everything about high school football will most likely change, especially roster size and districts and all that. Yeah. It'll it'll certainly be an interesting thing to watch. And, you know, like I said, it's just – the development of football. I mean, it's an interesting talking point. It's not one that I'm totally opposed to. And we'll see what happens, you know? We'll see what happens. 
moving on a little bit, as yeah. Nathan likes to say. Hard hard turn into a different sport. <laughs> yes, but we've got to talk about it. Nathan, all of us were in attendance. Um, Darcy, famously, was in attendance at the uh, the State College Laurel Mountain Hockey League Championship at Pagula Ice Arena. And what a game that was. It was it was fun. I I, I really wish I was out there. Uh, we, Nathan and I were sitting in a nice comfortable spot. Yeah. Alone, enjoying the game, focusing. Had a bag of pretzels that we could weren't sharing with anybody. And then we look over, and the entire student section gets up and starts walking up the stairs. And we're like, hmm, I wonder where they're going. And it turns out that they were coming right for us. And pretty soon we're in the middle of the student section. And poor Mr. Goldfine. Do any of you guys have Mr. Goldfine? No. no. <laughs> All right, poor Mr. Goldfine. He's the cold plum poetry guy. He's sitting right behind us on the edge just reading his book, and suddenly the whole student section fills in around him, and he was visibly disturbed by their <laughs> actions. And I think eventually he moved. But um, it, was a, it was a feisty performance both on the ice and off the ice. Yeah, that's why they don't put the student section at the football field right next to the field. They kind of elevate it and move it back a little bit because uh, – that would happen. <laughs> if you were there, you knew it happened. Yeah, we got we got some pretty impressive waving of the glass. We got some pretty uh, impressively creative insults. To... Will, Will Kerber had a war wound <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it was, got so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, we actually, um, the police showed up or the security or someone. We're sitting no, there. No, it was the police. It was the police. <laughs> We're sitting there, and suddenly there's this police officer trying to tell um, Zach Betts and all those guys to sit down, and that was not happening. And as soon as he left, we were all back on our feet again. And, of course, um, Darcy was in attendance. Unfortunately, he wasn't on the ice, but the crowd certainly let him know that he they wanted him to be. Is were that were right? you suspended for that game? No. Um, we actually had um, a larger roster than, I don't know if it was playoffs, but... Um, the league allowed so um i wasn't that and the altoona game I, both i were not a, i was not able to play in okay very disappointing <laughs> very disappointing i know he just talking to a few people and of course you know it makes sense considering his impressive stature and status as a lineman on the football team he's famous for his enforcer antics on the ice for being a real bruiser and I'll tell you, there's nothing more fun than watching one of your guys go out and clobber somebody. So, um, whether it's legal or slightly outside the bounds of the rules of hockey, I think we were all hoping for <laughs> for uh, um, Addison Darcy to not be calling out, out on the ice. Not calling out Bladen Stratton, but I'm calling out Bladen Stratton for that. <laughs> Would you like to make a statement about the whole uh, incident? Um, so, what happened, I don't know if you saw it, but... Um, after Robbie scored, Robbie Zimmerman, um, he was going down the boards, and one of the opposing team's players went and tried to clip his clip his skate with his their stick, and they continued to skate past Robbie afterwards, and Bladen was not okay with that, and gave him a little nudge into the boards. <laughs> I wouldn't call it little, but um, yeah, a nudge into to the boards, and the refs did not like that. Yeah, at work the next day, Caleb Barth said the kid was puking on the ice after the hit. It, it was it was thunderous, <laughs> and the student section reciprocated with its appreciation. I mean, it was absolutely barbaric, and that was what we came to see. 
And he did get ejected, right? He got ejected for that hit. He got eviscerated. And uh, I, I think he he skated by the student section and smiled and waved, and we all smiled and waved back and in, in uh, total appreciation because that's what, like I said, that's what we came there to see. It's hockey. It's the playoffs. You know, it's the championship. Um, yeah, great game. Um, would you like to speak a little bit, Darcy, about what it's like to be a hockey player and a football player? Do either of those sports help you in the other? Do you enjoy both of them equally, or is there one you prefer? Um, I'm definitely a football guy. Um, that's what I grew up on, and that's what is my life um but each sport helps each other um me being big it helps with both but um on the ice that helps towards football with the lateral movement and um all the skating you do with conditioning um i think after i started before i started hockey i was i was still playing football and it was like i would get gassed when i was skating or when i was on the football field and as soon as I got to hockey, it was my conditioning went up and it it brought a new me to the football field and I could actually run. It's good to hear. And I also hear that uh, he developed quite the slap shot just from talking to uh, Cam McCurdy in math class the other day. He said that you have quite the bruising shot. So would you like to confirm that statement? I agree. Yeah. He's a he hits hard whether it be with the puck or with his body, and that's always fun to watch. All right, <laughs> so congratulations to the state high hockey team. Uh, oh it yeah, was, it was a great moment. They won, by the way. Yeah. In case we <laughs> haven't mentioned it, in case you somehow haven't heard, they won the game five to three. Gave up two goals within the last like three minutes or something, but it all was right. all fun. So I just want to settle a personal grievance in this space. Out of the four years I went to high school here, two of them I played on the hockey team. The other two years I didn't play on the hockey team, we won the championship. So I played for two out of the four years, and somehow I was 0 for 2 on championships. I would just like to point that out. <laughs> what a real shame. Oh, and by the way, despite the fact that, that Addison was not on the ice for the entire game, he did come down to celebrate with the team. It was awesome to see. Um, would you like to describe your emotions a little bit? Was that, how do you, how does, how did that moment feel compared to some of the successes you've had on the football team this year? Um, being on the ice with my team was fabulous. I, like we're a family, like it, it just felt great. I mean, I wish I was on the ice playing with them, but, um, after we won, I, my heart, I felt it. Um, I felt like all the happiness and the end of the season, the seniors, they were crying and I mean, not all of them, but some of them were, and I, I felt all the emotions and it definitely hit my heart that it, the season was over and I might be graduating early next year. So I'm not sure if I'll play hockey again, but it's, it's been a ride. That's good to hear. That is good to hear. All right. Now, speaking of all that uh, graduating early talk, let's transition this into what the podcast is really about. Football! <laughs> all right. So, we got a question for you, Addison Darcy. Just a quick little um, throw right into it. 
go right into it. Um, what was the transition from Maine like when you moved here last spring? And then how do you think you fit in the team? We, we came to the first spring practice and you were one of the players that really stood out to us. Um, I remember that whole, um, the, the, where the green shirt kid was born, the big, like the big, um, we never found out. We never, we never found did. Out. We, we never... should go again this year, like the spring football practice kickoff thing, and you were helping like little kids block, and it was really cute. But it was very wholesome. Yes, <laughs> but um, what was that transition like, and just how do you think you fit into the team during those first couple months? <laughs> um, I think I had a good transition. Um, I'm a competitor, so going from Maine, where the skill of the people I would play was very low. Uh, coming to Pennsylvania, it definitely, I stepped it up. Um, and I think the harder the competition I play, the better I play. Um, but um, it definitely helped me that by the, when I got here in May last year, it was like I was jumping right into spring football. I was jumping right into a family, and they brought me in, and it was just amazing. Um, I give a lot of the credit to Coach Lintel. He was there for... Uh, like football and personal matters and everything because moving from Maine it was tough I mean I've never moved before besides when I was younger Um, and it definitely made me feel way more comfortable having someone there for me and a family that I can jump into I think I fit really well with the team Um, there's always a few kids who either aren't going to like you or um, are more competitive or something but um, yeah, I think I fit really well with the team. Like, I jumped right in as soon as I got here. That's good to hear. And, I mean, I, I certainly would have expected that. Just from, like Nathan said, watching him in practice, he looked pretty comfortable. I remember being – both of us were impressed with your footwork right off the bat and some of those offensive line drills. So, it's it's just good to see people coming in, you know, bringing their talents here. Yeah, and when you first moved here, um, we saw your tape, and uh, we were both really excited. We saw you on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball. But one side of the ball we didn't see you on was punting. And going into last year, we both thought that James Hook was pretty well set the punter, and somehow you came out of that comp- competition on top. Um, and we we both agree we probably had the best punting tandem in the cut in the state in the, last oh, year. Oh, yeah, it was so, amazing. So what do you think? How was that competition in spring and and summer practice? And, like, how did you enter yourself into the punting competition, actually, to begin with? In Maine, um, I played every single minute. So I was the kicker, the punter. I played offense. I played defense. I was on punt return, kick return, everything. Um, so going into a situation where I play punter, I was used to. Um, but it... It was it was definitely competitive. Um, James Hook is a like he's a great punter. He went to I think Cole's kicking camp and he had like five stars or something, four and a half. Apparently or something. he's the seventeenth or sixteenth ranked punter in the country. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and um, just going into it, I think in the spring we weren't really repping any punting that much. Uh, but as soon as we got to summer and into the beginning of the regular season, the competition really picked up because. Um, at the beginning of the summer, actually the end of the summer, um, coach was like getting people together to go punt. And I don't know how many there were, maybe 10 punters out there. It was like me, J 
James, like Ryan Trizzi, and like Cohen, Isaiah. <laughs> it was like people I'd never expect. And I mean, Isaiah, he, he can't punt. <laughs> His the ball goes. I don't even know. Sometimes it doesn't even go. But um, yeah, it definitely picked up once we got into the season. And I think me and James are equal, if not like like right there um with like punting and he's got a boot and i mean i'd say i have a little bit of a boot but (laughs) that's good all right (laughs) all right i just i I just gotta ask um who is the best punter on that team including the coaches including the coaches besides okay you know what that's just from the look on your face, that's too easy. So let's say, who's the best coach that's a punter, and who's the best player besides you and James? Um, I'd say give the coaching, punting, coaching, punting position to uh, Coach Rompers. He is pretty nice at punting. Um, I think he's been the punting coach for a little while. Uh, but, um, yeah, he sometimes out-punted me and, and James, so I'd give that to him. And then... Besides me and James, I'd probably give it to Keaton. He can he could do a rugby punt, and it would go pretty far. He did that in the pine wrestling game quite a few times. And of course, we saw Tommy Freiburg with all the pooch punts no, during the season, too. Yeah, Tom Tom Brady style. But, yeah, it's honestly, it doesn't surprise me. Keaton's such a fantastic athlete. And I will say, I, I got to throw in a little anecdote here. I know I, I, know I talked about this in our review of um that game but geez what was who do we play delaware valley we were playing delaware valley in danville for some reason for some reason because no this is the reason no, and we don't have dumb. to get into it we don't it have to so get into dumb. it <laughs> it wasn't where, where was it originally scheduled like there's a there's a town between it was uh for like wilkesbury or something like, I don't know. We it don't... was like it was like scheduled for Wilkes-Barre or something, and like that it was scheduled for a grass field. Oh yeah, that's right. And it right. was gonna snow. And then we got that <laughs> crazy <laughs> snowstorm. It's like that's so dumb. First off, yeah. <laughs> but like, because neither team plays on a grass field to begin with. Yeah. So they scheduled that game on a grass field, and then it snowed, and then yeah. they rescheduled rescheduled it for Saturday, and then they scheduled it again for Sunday on a completely different field. Yeah. Which ended up being closer to us. Yeah, so. it wasn't too bad. But the fact of the matter is, to get back to the original topic of conversation, Nathan and I are standing there, uh, admittedly laughing at the, uh, the stat guy because he brought two left-handed gloves, and that was probably one of the funniest things. Because, I don't know, you, you've got to know the stat guy to, to see how funny it is. <laughs> In any case, so and, and we look over, and there's this little crowd from the other team gathering around... Uh, around Darcy and and James and they're just watching them punt and they I mean these guys are good punters let me tell you and they were knocking them down they were going deep nice spirals very impressive as usual and these guys just couldn't believe that there were some high schoolers out there that could actually punt the ball and we later found out because their punting was absolutely atrocious and I think we had at least one punt return for a touchdown I think it was two I think it was two, but at least one. I think one. one was called back on a penalty or yeah, something. Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah. In any case, do, do you do you remember that game at all? Do you remember I that do. crowd? I do. Um, as we were, we were getting into punting, 
um, I was feeling good, and I think James was too, but uh, we were getting into it, and they just started to, like, gather up right on the sideline, and they didn't, they just stopped at, like, the 30 or the 40, we were lined up at the 50, and I think it was my turn to punt, and I, I punted it, and it was just, it went past the end of the, past the end zone, into the snow behind the end zone, probably a 65-plus yard punt in the air, and it was... Like, they just watched it, and then James lined up. He did the exact same thing, and they were amazed. You'd hear the oohs and the ahs. Oh, yeah. Like we said, man, the best, the best punting team in the state right here at State College. Special teams is exciting, too, for sure. All right, so moving on from that punting um, talk into more future uh, aspirations talk, um... So last in the last week, you've gotten offers from Navy University and Bryant University. Um, what other schools are you considering slash visiting? Um, I I didn't scroll all the way through your blah, Twitter Twitter graphics, but um, where ha, where where else are you looking for visits and stuff like that? Um, I'm considering all schools. Like you can't ever close any doors. Uh, you gotta leave all opportunities open. But um, I've gone to this year um, Syracuse, uh, Akron, Buffalo, um, Princeton, Yale, and a few other ones. But um, this weekend I have a visit to Penn State, and um, it's just a practice. But yeah, um, besides that, I'm not sure. I, I've gotten a few other invites to the Richmond invited me this weekend. And so did, like, Monmouth University, which I'm not sure where that is, but... New Jersey. Okay. Um, <laughs> right on the ocean. And, um, but yeah, there's there's a few more coming, but I'm not sure where. Yeah, it's interesting. We see a lot of action from Buffalo and Syracuse. And and we saw them and invo- Richmond invite Tommy Freiburg down. Yeah. Is there, is there some kind of connection between our coaches or something that we're not, like, are we just out of the loop a little bit? Um, so, a lot of the coaches at Baylor, actually, used to go to mm-hmm. State High. Yeah. Um, I think their head coach and maybe mm-hmm. their defensive coordinator. Yep, Matt um, Rule. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the Richmond coach, well, they're connected all around, but the Richmond coach um, coached with he started out in, I think, Connecticut, and then he coached at Baylor for four years of his career, um, and with them, and um, that's a recruiter for State College, so that's where they get them. Um, I was on, I was just on a phone call with him before this, but um, yeah, and I think coaches, like Coach Intel, he knows guys from Bucknell, and mm-hmm. like all over Baylor, and he has connections, so I would not be surprised if there was a college that I haven't even heard of that jumps out of nowhere and uh, starts talking to one of our other players. Waynesburg, you heard it here first. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, Matt Rule got his coaching start at State College. He coached with my dad way back in the day, and he's been a very successful coach. He really turned Temple around. Um Baylor, he's done an amazing job at already. They were a bowl team, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They they. Yeah, that was, think, that's a great actually, turnaround. I think they won their bowl game this year, if I if I remember correctly. But, um, 
yeah, so it's it's cool to see those connections. You know, that's a big part of coaching too that we forget about. Just having the right connections, knowing people, being able to, you know, network and all that is huge. So, is there any school in particular that you would really, really want to play for? Is there any program that stands out to you? It, they don't have to be interested in you currently. <laughs> yeah, what's your what's your dream school? And I know that's hard, but like, what's that one school where you're like, man, I can see myself out on the field making those big plays. I can see myself touching the hokey stone, running on the field. Oh my goodness! Sand, please man. get out of here. Come <laughs> on. Um, it actually have to be Penn State. Um, my mom was born in Belfont, actually, um, and my grandfather played for Penn State, so I have a little bit of a legacy there. Um, I'm really good. I wouldn't say friends, but acquaintances with um, their coach. The coaches there, they're they're all great guys, and just. The, the team atmosphere where I know Keaton and he loves it there and Brandon went there. I'm not sure. He had the best time, but um, the atmosphere at Penn State's amazing and I, I could really see myself playing there. That's good to hear. I like it. I like the answer. See, this is, this I mean, is the kind uh, of stuff. <laughs> if you want to lose your first game, your freshman year, I mean, I guess so. But like, oh goodness, <laughs> is it, that's the that's the Virginia Tech game? Yeah, they're heading down to Blacksburg, oh, twenty twenty. Nathan will not let me forget about that game. Oh man, and I've especially I have the worst, after we lost. I know that's what I'm saying. I have the worst feeling after we pulled off that absolutely ridiculous upset in basketball, and I trash talked you for it on Twitter. Dude, you're never gonna hear that. I know, I know, I'm not. <laughs> it was, it was a terrible decision, especially. Yeah. In any case, um, hey, we one can only hope. One can only hope. And you know, maybe if we have, if Darcy's on their team, he'll just be such a force on that interior line that he'll he will part he will part the garden center like the Red Sea and just waltz through the quarterback and it'll be glorious. Well, speaking of that, and leading into our next question, what side of the ball are they actually recruiting you for? Because you play all three sides, and you're above average, I'd say, at all of them. So I'm sure there's been talks between coaches and stuff of like playing D-line or playing O-line or just punting maybe. Yeah. So what side of the ball do you think they're targeting you specifically? Um, the Naval Academy. Uh, they recruited me for offensive line, and um, they haven't like taken sight of or second taken sight off of me for defensive line. But I'm not sure any schools uh, would recruit me at punter. I can boot it, but I think I'm a little big. I mean, you saw Joey Julius at Penn State, and he was a kicker. But um, and then uh, Bryant University. I'm not sure what they recruited me as. It's a funny story of how I got my offer there but um, it depends on the university and like the college whatever they're looking for um, what their program needs that that's what they'll recruit for and if I fit then yeah would you care to share your story on air <laughs> sure um, so after I was at the Naval Academy um, I was leaving to go to Yale and I was in the car my mom pulls over to the gas station and she's like, okay, I'm going to go get some gas. I was like, okay. Um, I got a phone call. I'm like, hello? And um, it's like, hi, this is the coach at Bryant University. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? Her, didn't really go that way. I was trying to be like, hello, sir, how are you, how are you doing? <laughs> but um, That's like us when we talk to Billy Splane. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
yeah, I was on the phone with them, and they were like, tell me about yourself, and I told them, like, where I'm from, how my life's gone, pretty much, and then, um, they were like, well, I know Rhode Island's a little ways away from Pennsylvania, but I just want to let you know you have an offer from us, I'm like, that's amazing, thank you so much, and that's pretty much how it went, it was just, it was sudden, and I could, I didn't even know what happened. Had you visited there before? No, I have not talked to the coach either, besides oh, wow. that. <laughs> wow. Um... <clears throat> One guy uh, I know you can might want to talk to is uh, Peyton Nicastro, who is a big Bryant or big Bryant fan. So that's good. I'm I'm gonna backtrack a little bit to when you, when we were talking about what side of the ball he was playing on. I just have the feeling that you would prefer to play on defense. Is that correct? I have like a twitch that and a a, a switch. I just flipped the switch. Um, but uh. A f- a switch that like when I go into defense I flip it and I just turn into a different person I think um but on offense I mean the quarterback behind me how this year um 95% sure it's me Brady Dorner but um how last year it was Tommy Freiberg um that he was like a brother to me and I had to protect him and I did the best I could at that well, you did a fantastic job, and I would like to pause and call out the hot take. I'd say I'd say ninety percent, maybe. Like that's that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. I'm saying ninety percent. So, do you think that Conrad might move to wide receiver then? I'm not sure. Um, they might. I haven't talked to Coach until about this, but um, they're both skilled, and I think Brady being a senior next year. Um, they'll give him the upper hand. I mean, Conrad's better. Of course, they'll put him in. But um, against at the McDowell game, Brady Dorner, um, we took uh, Tommy out, and Brady lit it up. He, I think he had like a rushing touchdown. Uh, yeah, maybe we two, really saw his but speed. He, yeah, he was fast in that game, and it was cold out. But um, yeah, I could see the future in Brady right there. I was excited. Um, yeah, it was great to see, but, um, I'm, I'm not giving anything away cause I don't know the truth or the facts, but, um, yeah, I, I can see Brady playing quarterback. So how much do you think our style of play, our offensive scheme is going to change next year? And you don't have to go into detail, but obviously Brady has made a name for himself as a, honestly, more of a rushing quarterback. So do you think we're going to see more of a transition, especially considering the fact that a lot of our, I mean, Keaton's gone, Cohen's gone, a lot of those big-time wide receivers, do you think we're going to be more of a rushing team next year? I'm not sure. Um, I'm just a lineman. But um, I think Tommy rushed a lot, like more than I th- – I, like if I thought of Tommy, I'd think of a, like just a pocket QB. Mm-hmm. But um, now that I think about it, I think he rushed – quite a bit and besides that I don't think our like like formations or anything like that are going to change too much um we have like Cohen was fast but like Loki's there now Mm. and maybe Conrad um maybe Conrad uh will jump in at wide receiver or something but um yeah I, I don't have too much familiarity with the wide receiver position that's fine. I mean, this guy, 
he's knowledgeable in so many other areas. We can't expect him to be a total genius. So, so, so actually, just a, another question we actually didn't have written down, but I really wanted you to ask you was, um, so you you play on all three sides of the ball, but last year, in particular, in the first couple games, you were really good on defense, and we saw you, especially in that first Mifflin County game, you had a couple sacks. Um, but later in the season, your time on the D-line was I'd say drastically decreased. Um, just, and we were actually really confused on this podcast why. Um, if you could answer that, um, that would be great. Okay. If you can't, that's fine. But um, so, as we got to so the first few games, I played defensive line like quite a bit and offensive line and punter. But um, as we got to the Harrisburg game, we started to get injuries. Like Jason Cameron got his concussion. Ramsey had Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started to get, go downhill. Like, like. <laughs> but um, besides Titus, um, it, I think I was needed more on the offensive line at the time. And as they started to get healthy, we realized we have a solid offensive line right now. And I don't think we really wanted to change anything. We had guys on defense who could get the job done and do it well, too, with Kevin Kurzinger, mm-hmm. Nate Lusk. And they showed up in the Delaware Valley game, um, like, yeah. quite a bit. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, then we had a senior and Dwayne. Um, Dwayne and, Hahn. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, we had quite a bit of guys like Jonas Stasi. I think he got in D tackle quite a bit mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Uh, Zach Betts a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of depth last year, and I think with them us realizing that our offensive line was solid, that we didn't really want to change anything. And when I could, I'd get it get put in. But I mean, I wasn't disappointed or anything. Yeah. As when I got in, I got in, and whatever helped the team helped the team. Yeah, and last year we really saw a lot of guys that we didn't expect to play on the offensive line really come in and stand out, and one of those guys was Kobe Asendorf. Um, I know there's other guys in the, in that depth chart that are probably going to have to step up this year, especially with Ramsey leaving. Um, yeah. if, if there was one guy coming up that you think could start right away that wasn't a starter last year, who do you think that one guy could be? Like one guy that's really developed – I'd have to say Kobe. Um, he definitely got a lot better uh, once he got towards um, the playoffs and um, even towards like the midseason. Um, he once he ne- once he got his name called, he showed up. He I don't know if he was so ready for it at the beginning of the season, but as the season went on, I think he got used to uh, the competition and like p- how people would play in the mid pen and. Um, our conference um, but yeah I'd have to say Kobe because he really stepped it up this year I think yeah and I'm not going to say we're to blame for that but because <laughs> we kind of called him out after the Harrisburg game a little bit <laughs> and then he called us out but <laughs> but um, the, he really beside that Harrisburg game he really improved throughout the season and he was one oh, of the absolutely. strongest part on the line well, near the end I think really the the game that I saw it the most the that I really realized how much how far he's come was against Central Dauphin because he played if I remember correctly he played quite a bit in that game yeah and he held his own against a pretty fearsome defensive line I mean Central Dauphin's known for their 
they're good defensive lines, and he he did a great job there. So, and in that Central Dolphin game um, came one of the best plays I think of the season. Oh from yes, from our punter extraordinaire might, over here. Honestly, <laughs> might be my favorite play, just because of Central Dolphin, and I have to hate them. Would you like? You you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Would you like to describe to the audience exactly what we're talking about and um, how was that something that you guys had developed earlier? Was that more of a spur of the moment thing? And what was going through your mind as you completed that? So throughout the year, we created plays that were fake plays, trick plays, and obviously our normal plays. But um, it was fourth and six. Um, I think there was might have been third or fourth quarter but um i remember 346 on the clock that's something like that rings the bell but um it was fourth and six and we needed a first down and they called punt i went out there and they go utah utah and i was like no way (laughs) um we wrote this a few times in the regular season um just in practice and usually probably once a week we'd wrap it um just like maybe once um we have a few other trick plays you might catch them next year but um i won't spoil the surprise um we i wasn't like we weren't ever sure that play was gonna come in but it was the right time for it um their defense playing been playing really aggressive the whole game um with at one point i think keaton was out there and he did a little trick um and they started as soon as the ball was snapped, they started to come up the field, and I was like, this is going to work. And I took my little step. I got up to throw the ball, and Nate Lusk, I think there was a guy right behind him, but I put it on the dot, and he got like 38 yards or something like that, 28 yards, something like that. But it was quite a bit past the first down, and it was I had never done something like that besides um, my freshman year, actually my sophomore year in Maine when I scored a touchdown. But... Um, yeah, it was it was a feeling that I had never felt before, and it was crazy. And that play ended up being what probably led to that win. I think that extended a touchdown drive, so yeah, that really um, gave us the edge in that game. And if I remember correctly, it was from our own, at least our own 40. Might have been a little farther back. 20, 26, something like that. It was pretty far back, yeah. Yeah, so that is that might as well have been a 14-point swing. I mean... I'm not saying that you guys wouldn't have been able to get it down on defense, but that's a really tough... I mean, that with a, with a team like Central Dauphin that is so good at getting three, four yards on a run, getting them down in your own 20 is really difficult. So that, that was a huge play and completely electrifying. I mean, State College had a great presence for the fans at that game, and everyone was going nuts. It was a beautiful moment for sure. Yeah. Um... Beside that play, what would you say was your favorite moment or play from the season? Because I'm sure that play is your favorite play. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think my favorite play besides that was is in the McDowell game. Um, my chin strap of my helmet broke, and we couldn't uh, we couldn't fix it. And um, I think it was like third and four, maybe third and goal, and we need a push, and Oh, I remember this play. It was a run (laughs) to, like, the middle right, and it was right behind Ramsey, and he, he, like, started to get pushed back, and he just took over, and it was a down block, and we clocked them, 
and it was like a clear alley for I think it was Dre at the time but yeah that was probably my favorite play yeah I was standing right behind the end zone for that and I remember you know Isaiah can be a fairly patient runner which is nice um you don't see that a lot in high school but I remember standing there and being like oh man this is looking pretty hairy and then suddenly like you said just this incredible gap appears out of nowhere and he ran I think completely untouched through there um I still if I look back through my twitter history I could probably find the video of it it was very nice and you know that's just something you love to see I mean a good offensive line play is just can take over a game so much I mean I should know is having the unfortunate distinction of being a Cowboys fan basically the only thing good about our team for a long time and quite possibly right now is that we have a fantastic offensive line so I've certainly known yes and Ezekiel Elliott but I know there's a lot of people out there that think that the reason he's so good is because of our offensive line in any case it's something I can get excited about um and you just love to see it I mean they don't get much appreciation but they certainly get the job done all right so that wraps up our interview with Addison Darcy let's move on to our predictions predictions what are we predicting? Um, <laughs> and so, my prediction is something I've probably already predicted before, but it's about the schedule coming out, which should come out within the next month, I'd say. Um, my prediction is that we're going to get a home game against St. Augustine because there's no way we drive four and a half hours to play a team in New Jersey for an away game if they didn't come here. So... That's my prediction. <laughs> maybe you, maybe Addison has some sauce on that. Um, I think the schedule is uh, going to be pretty much like last year, but a little bit flipped. Um, yeah, I, I'm like 85% sure we're playing St. Augustine at home, if that's how you say it. Um, but I don't know where home is right now. Uh, with oh, Memorial yeah, that's true. <laughs> and North, North Turf and South Turf, wherever we'll be playing. Um, I'm Yeah, I'm pretty sure. St. Augustine will be home, ooh, at home, and um, and uh, Mifflin County at Mifflin County, and that's all I can remember right now. But I think I saw a clip of the schedule. But besides that, yeah. Speaking of, I know we don't have that much time, but can you give us a little bit of your side of the whole Memorial Field thing? Do you like the idea that we're renovating? Do you wish we were just building new? What's your opinion? Where especially, do you think the field will be? <laughs> especially as someone that didn't... I mean, you didn't... You, you grew up in Maine, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. I know you said you moved, but that was... Was that just in Maine? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, especially as someone that didn't grow up in State College, what is your take on this whole thing? So, um, last year when I got here, I... Actually, in Maine, let's talk. Let's start there. Um, I'd only played on grass fields, which was hard. Except for there's a an academy that we were near, is Hamden Academy, um, and they had a really nice turf field. But um, as soon as I got here, and I was like, the field's turf, that's awesome. And then I was like, there's a practice field that's turf too. What? Um, I and then it flooded, and you realized why it was turf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, Besides the flooding, I think it's a great field. It's a little hard, but um, I sort of like that. I don't want it to be too, like, comfy. Um, we like to hit some opponents and yeah. make them feel it. But, um, yeah, I 
we I went down for the Mifflin County game. Um, it was amazing. We really didn't have that big of a crowd because it was still summer, pretty much. But um, we, when I went down there, I felt like, like this is is this what football feels like? And there was like <laughs> actually a crowd, actually like an intercom and everything. Um, and I'm if we don't get to play on Memorial, I'm gonna be a little sad because it. It felt like real football when I played down there, and I mean, the next time I'll get to like feel that again might be college. And um, besides that, I think that um, it's so. I think one of the plans is that um, is South Turf, but uh, they need to buy the lights over there, and I don't think that's gonna happen because they have to go through like the housing behind it. And, oh, yeah and talk to them about it but um if we don't get memorial which i think we might get a game or two hopefully um is north turf and hopefully that's supposed to be finished by august but i have chemistry class every morning on b-day and i look out there and it looks like nothing's changed but um yeah so hopefully memorial but if that doesn't work out then 2021 gets it i guess but um yeah, they'll have a nice new stadium. Throwback to the first episode of this podcast. Who said they should just build a new field where they're building the practice turf and and this memorial field stuff? You did. <laughs> and, and and I I saw that I was wrong because memorial field is awesome, but if memorial field is a pile of rubble soon, that's not a bad step down. Yeah, dude. Memorial field, the thing that I've loved about it growing up in State College and, you know, it's just, it's really cool how you can be just doing something on a Friday night and catch yourself there. And that didn't really happen to me this year because I was there all the time. But, you know, last year I'd be going downtown for a dinner or something and you'd hear the intercom and you'd see the lights and be like, man, it's football. Like It, it's it has just its this, own energy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so cool how the whole town is around you and you, you're kind of surrounded by the community. I think it's a really neat location. So I'm I'm glad that we're gonna try to keep it as long as we can. I know that's somewhat of an unpopular opinion. It's a div- it's a divisive opinion, but it really is a cool place. So I had sauce that the North Turf was gonna be an indoor practice facility. I think that was the word. Because like initially. the archi- the architecture class was like designing it, like the actual facility. So it's actually kind of surprising that it's gonna be like an actual football field, unless it's gonna be an indoor football field. I haven't heard anything. Like, cause like when I heard that, I was like, there was already lights up, and I was like, why, yeah. why didn't, they, why yeah. didn't an indoor practice facility? Yeah. Like, like, but, like, apparently architecture class was actually doing designs for it. So. That yeah, w- I was in architecture when they were talking about that, but I didn't end up continuing with that class, so I don't really know what their deal is. <laughs> I, I went to Princeton over the weekend, and they actually have, um, like their normal field, and they have flaps on in the corners of the end zone. Where they can actually insert a dome, and that's what it that's what was up because it was cold. Um, so I'm not sure if that's actually like a possibility, but um, they have all their lights up and their stadium, and then just a dome in the middle for like the winter, so they could probably some sort of baseball or winter practices or something. Wow, that's insane. That's really cool. I've never heard of that before. And I'm, I'm just going to ask you one more re- real quick question just because I think this is kind of an interesting. Out of all the schools you visit, who has the nicest facilities? Just a real quick answer. Um, workout facilities, probably Penn State. Um, 
the school itself, I really liked Yale. Like, they have, they have these things called colleges, and um, that's, like, where you eat, where you study, and they have, like, sometimes the classes are in there, and underground, they have tunnels in between classes, and they have theaters there and bowling alleys in some of them, which I think is super interesting. Um, when I was there, we didn't get to go under underground, but it would have been really cool to experience that. Yeah, apparently you can walk throughout the entire campus of Yale underground yeah. and never go outside. Like, you can go to class in your pajamas and stuff. Insane. Fun fact, Waynesburg has a really crappy underground racquetball court that I was very <laughs> disappointed by when I went to. <laughs> All right, so, Nick, what's your prediction? Oh, my gosh. What? You're really <laughs> We were on the craziest on tangent oh my of gosh. all time. Okay. Um, wow. Predictions. I'm never prepared for it, and I never learn. After 21 episodes, I still forget to make a prediction before. Okay. Um, let's see here. Mm. Okay, I'm going to go with a relatively easy one, considering our school district. I'm going to say that the Memorial Field Project goes over budget and over time. I don't think that's that much of a stretch. So you're saying 2021 won't get in Memorial Field either? Not necessarily, <laughs> but it's going to go over budget and over time. That's not a hot take. That's a very easy take, but I'm going with it. All right, so before we plug the podcast, let's ask Addison the one question. Everyone is dying to know, what is your favorite meat and what is your favorite potatoes? What is your favorite potato? Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like red meat, like burgers. Um and if you put some onions in there with some like American cheese, some good, maybe a mixture of mayonnaise and ketchup, some little sauce on there, yeah. um, that's good. Um, my potatoes probably have to be red potatoes. Those are good diced or anything, but yeah. Good stuff. I I respect the opinion. I think we're both on, on tape saying hot wings, though, both of us. That's quite possible. <laughs> I do like hot wings. But I mean... Here's the thing, though. Like, hot wings are kind of a little different. Like, red meat, like a nice steak, yeah. that is top-notch. Hot wings are just a different I food. I like hot wings, too. I love them. Okay, okay. I, I got to ask. How, what is the most wings you've ever eaten? Um, Do you know? I think over the summer, I had 40. That's one more than you, Nick. And they're, like, <laughs> the size of probably half of my hand they were massive but it was so good it was mango habanero sauce so okay was this at the was this at the uh duffy's tavern no it was actually in maine over the summer but um yeah it was delicious you have it on record as someone that has eaten at a lot of wing places in state college duffy's tavern best wings i agree i agree yeah, good stuff. And I live right by there, so I'll just bike down in the summer. Wing Wednesdays. Wing Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's amazing. After football oh, yeah. All right, so let's plug the podcast. You can find this podcast on CastBox. You can find it on com or on Facebook. You can contact me at NathanGrell at gmail.com. Or you can contact me at NickHaas, H-A-U-S, 75 at gmail.com. You can follow me, Nathan Grella, on Twitter. Or you can follow Nick, even though Nick's never on Twitter. I use Twitter solely for use with this podcast, except for the time that I trash-talked you about Virginia Tech losing to Penn State. That was the only exception. All right, and Addison, where can people find you? Um, Instagram at Addison underscore Darcy and Twitter at Addison Darcy. Simple enough. All right, so 
This is the end of the podcast, I guess. (laughs) This has been the State College Football Podcast. Go Little Lions. I'm not singing that song. Oh, come on.